Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in in Genesis 31, but before we get started, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the many blessings. I thank you for all that you've done for us. You're incredibly kind and generous, and you're the creator of all, and yet you love me. You love each and every one of us. You care about us. You know us. And you want what's best for us. So, Father, I lift up this day, I lift up this reading and this time, and I ask Holy Spirit for you to guide us, for it to be your words, not mine, for your insights, not mine, and it be your message that we hear. So, Father, be with us as we read. In Jesus' name, amen. So, having listened to the, the past, the previous uh, podcast, I was a little bit embarrassed. I, I did look at and act and kind of make fun of Jacob and his family. And yet I'm Jacob. I'm a Jacob. I'm a failed person with lots of issues and challenges. And I'm sure when someone looked at my life and some of the dumb stuff I did, they would be like, what the heck was he thinking and doing? How could this be what God wants from him? So I just read through this and I think about it. And yes, Jacob and his wives got into dueling children. It was crazy. But I've done tons of dumb stuff too. And the Lord really put it on my heart to quit looking down at someone and mocking them. And instead, to be grateful that he loves me so much that I have his grace. Because it's all about his grace. Jacob got his grace. I received his grace. You have his grace. So before we get into the reading of the chapter, I wanted to actually read um, an introduction to a sermon from um, Charles Spurgeon. He focuses on one, basically one sentence, Genesis 31, 13, where it said, I am the God of Bethel. So Jacob had, he writes, Jacob had been sent away to Paternaram, and he might perhaps have stopped there if things had been quite as he wished. As it was, he stayed there quite, a, quite long enough. He seemed almost to forget his father's house and the cares that his wife and children and the anxious oversight of his constantly increasing flocks involved. But God did not mean him to remain in Padanaram. He was to lead a separate life in Canaan, and therefore things grew very uncomfortable with Laban. He was not a nice man to live with at any time, but he began to show his crotchets and his heartburnings and a good deal of that scheming spirit of which there was a little in Jacob, right? So Laban had it, Jacob had it. Where did it come from? Spurgeon writes, it came from his mother, who was Laban's true sister and had her share of the family failing. Think about it. It was Laban's sister, Rebecca, who schemed with Jacob to, to put the lamb's fur on his arms and on his neck so that he felt like Esau and schemed with Jacob and to you know take the blessing from Esau that Isaac was giving him. So it was a family trait. So there were there were endless bickerings, bargainings, disputes, each trying to outdo the other, till at last, as God would have it, Jacob could bear it no longer. So he resolved to take leave of that land and return to the land of his kindred. An angel appeared to him then to comfort him in going back to his father's house. 
The angel spoke in the name of the Lord and said, I am the God of Bethel, which must have at once suggested to Jacob that the Lord had not changed, more especially in regard to him. Because that's what God said back where he saw the vision. The occurrence at Bethel was the first special occasion, probably upon which he had known the Lord, and though many years had passed, God comes to him at the same time, as the same God as he was before. I am the God of Bethel. You remember some of you, perhaps, the first time when pardoning love was revealed to you, when you were brought to see the love of God in the great atoning sacrifice of Christ Jesus. Well, tonight the Lord says to you, I am the same God as you have found ever found me. I have not changed, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed, even as your father Jacob was not consumed. For I was, even to him, the same God. So in all the failings, all the shortcomings, God is. He's not doesn't change like we change. We constantly change. But God is consistent. He always loves us. He doesn't change his love for us when we sin. When we have dueling wives, having dueling, dueling uh, pregnancies, when we are sleeping with four different people and we're deceiving others, he doesn't change. He's still the same. He loves us. So as we read in chapter 31, verse 1, Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all his wealth from that what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude towards him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your, re- your relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob has learned God's voice. Jacob has a relationship with God. He knows when God's talking to him. So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out of the fields where his flocks were. He said to them, I see that your father's attitude towards me is not what it was before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I've worked for your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages ten times. However, God has not allowed him to harm me. If he said, the speckled ones will be your wages, then all the flocks gave birth to speckled young. And if he said, the streaked ones will be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked streaked young. So God has taken away your father's livestock and has given them to me. In breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled, and spotted. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered him. I answered, here I am. And he said, look, look up and see all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah replied, Do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? So basically, yeah, we're not really found to be welcomed in this family anymore either. Not only has he sold us, but he has used up what was paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God has told you. Then Jacob put his children and his wives on camels, and he drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with all the goods he had accumulated in Pad and Aram, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. When Laban had gone to to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household gods. 
Moreover, Jacob deceived Laban, the Aramean, by not telling him where, that he was running away. So, you know, old habits die hard. Jacob is still deceiving. So he fled with all that he had, crossed the Euphrates River, and headed for the hill country of Gilead. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Taking his relatives with him, he pursued Jacob for seven days and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban, the Aramean, in a dream at night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead when Laban overtook him, and Laban and his relatives camped there too. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You've deceived me, and you've carried off my daughters like captives in war. Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me? So I could send you away with joy and singing to the music of timbrels and harps. Yeah, that probably wasn't going to actually happen. You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You have done a foolish thing. I have the power to harm you. But last night the God of your father said to me, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you have gone off because you longed to return to your father's household. But why did you steal my goods, my gods? Jacob answered, Laban, I was afraid because I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force. But if you find anyone who has your gods, that person shall not live. In the presence of your relatives, see for yourself whether there is anything of yours here with me. And if so, take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two female servants, but he found nothing. After he came out of Leah's tent, he entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them inside her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. Laban searched through everything in the tent but found nothing. Rachel said to her father, Don't be angry, my lord, but I can't, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm having my period. <laughs> so he searched but could not find the household gods. Jacob was angry and took Laban to task. What is my crime? He asked Laban. What have I wrong? How have I wronged you that you hunt me down? Now that you have searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of me, in front of your relatives and mine, and let them judge between us two. I have been with you for twenty years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself. And you demand payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night, and sheep and sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for twenty years I was in your household. I worked for you for fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flocks, and you changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night you rebu he rebuked you. Laban answered Jacob, The women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. Yet you can do yet can I do to yet what can I do today that these daughters of mine are about the children they have born? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. So Jacob took it. So Laban, I would think, was kind of nervous because Jacob was powerful. He had all this wealth, and Laban didn't. 
So he's like, hey, let's make a deal. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillory, as a pillar. He said to his relatives, gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called in Jegger Sadath, oh, called it Jegger Sadath, and Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me today. This is why it was called Galid. It was also called Mizpah because he said, may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. So here's a guy who has a bunch of little gods in his household. He's, he chases Jacob down for him. But now he's like, you know, God is a witness between you and me. He found faith, I guess, in the night when God spoke to him. Laban also said to Jacob, here is this heap and here is this pillar I have set up between you and me. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not go past this heap to your side to harm you and that you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. He offered a sacrifice there on the hill, in the hill country, and invited his relatives to a meal. After they had eaten, they spent the night there. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. So that's a better ending to what it could have been. And, you know, so Laban got to say goodbye to his grandkids and his daughters, gave them all kisses, and left. And they had a deal that neither would cross the grounds, that, that marker, those markers, to hurt the other. So with that, I'm just going to close this with prayer. Father God, thank you for this time, and thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of Jacob and Laban and all the people. I'm grateful that you love me like you love them, that your grace covers me just as it covered them. So, Father, I lift up this day, I lift up this time, and I just praise you for your grace and your mercy. And I thank you for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy on His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.